guys. Welcome back to Navigating Motherhood. We are at episode seven, and I'm super excited to have a former boss slash now friend of mine, Kayla Kerner, join us. Kayla, go ahead and say hey. Hello, everyone. We're just going to discuss kind of like, you know, the, the fears like moms have right before they give birth. Like, because giving birth is not rainbows and sunshine, you know, it's a very intense thing. And so Kayla's going to just share some ways that she overcame her fear of giving labor. And also I'm going to have her share her birth story too, and how she had to overcome some of the fears that had happened in her labor. So Kayla, go ahead, take it away. Yeah. So I think I will kind of set the set the tone for people to understand uh, like my personal fear with the fact that I fear almost anything you could put in the category of medical things. So we're talking um, shots, drawing blood, any kind of medical procedure, the idea of surgery, you know, all those things, breaking bones, you name it, anything that's like related to the medical world, even as small as getting a shot. Um, gives me a lot of anxiety. I do not do well with it. And so that can kind of help set the tone for how like my mindset was going into being pregnant. It was very scary because I just think of all the medical things that you have to do in the process. And then of course, giving birth itself can be um, really scary as far as the medical side. So that's a little bit about, I would say like my history of how I, how I felt going into it. However, even though like I was afraid of all these things, one of the things I really wanted to do was have a an, an unmedicated like natural vaginal birth. Like that was my goal. And um as much as like that was motivated by my fear of the medical world, it was also motivated by just some health things I've learned along the way and wanting to be as natural as possible in everything I do. So I was wanting to be natural, but I was also very much afraid, which Cadison, I think most moms are afraid of birth, especially on the first time. Yeah, I was definitely scared, especially with Ellie not being like planned, like, you know, it, it happened. And so I had so much to kind of take in. And so, yeah, it was definitely like, you just don't know. I kind of was a little bit naive about it. Like, I was a little like, you know, I can do like, which is a good thing. I was like, I can do this. Like I can do this. And so like that mindset was healthy, but at the same time, like, and not to scare anybody, but I'm just going to be real and honest. Like it's, it's painful and it's like the worst pain I've ever been in. Um, but that's what it's supposed to be. Yeah. And so I think like, I didn't even realize how much I was going to go through before I did. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I've had a little bit of that because I thought, you know, I have a pretty high pain tolerance. I feel like there's a lot of things that over time people have said like, oh, this is really painful that I have not found extremely painful. So I I did think, you know, well, maybe it won't be as bad as what people say. I did have a little bit of that thought process. But I I do want to mention one thing here is that um, because I feel like a lot of moms who are pregnant and are planning to do an unmedicated birth might experience what I experienced, where when you tell people that that's what you want to do, there's a lot of discouragement. I would say only a handful of people were encouraging and said, oh my goodness, you can totally do it. Um, I, I did talk to some moms who had done it and they gave me some tips and tricks and some ideas of like how to approach it. But the majority of the time I was I was hearing back things like, um, well, it's totally OK for you to get an epidural and, you know, it's OK if it doesn't go go that way. Like it's really painful. And, and they kept talking about how painful it is or like the you know, why do you think you have to do that? Like like, why are you trying to do it that way when when we have options that that make it less painful? So I don't know if you and your journey faced that, but I felt like a lot of people were very negative towards me about that plan. So I actually quit telling people that I wanted to have an unmedicated birth. I just, unless they specifically asked, I didn't say anything about it. <laughs> I'm so sad that that was your case. Yeah. I mean, I didn't get, I got like, it wasn't like, oh, like, why are you doing that? It was never like, I didn't get asked why. It was more like, oh, I would never do that kind of thing. Like, mm-hmm. oh, well good like good for you I guess but I would never do that and I felt like I had to like 
well, like, I know, like, it's, it's, you can do it one way or the other. Like, it's really not that big of a deal. And, like, it, you know, I, I just basically downplayed me not getting an epidural, me not being unmedicated through a birth. Like, I totally downplayed it because I wanted, I didn't want to make that person who got the epidural or would want an epidural to feel, like, guilty. Because I don't think yeah. that they should. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, well, I think... I should take a little bit more pride in the fact that I was able to deliver without an epidural. Like I was able to do it unmedicated because I put wow. in the work, you know, and I think I find myself kind of taking away that, um, I don't know, accomplishment because I want to make someone else feel okay. But in the end, like they don't, they're happy they got it. Like that's what they wanted to do, yeah. <laughs> you know? So I think that it was more of me trying to make someone else feel better that I downplayed <laughs> me not getting that epidural, I guess. Yeah. So you should, you should be proud of it. And like you said, if someone chose to get an epidural, like that's fine. Like you're not saying that they're any less of a birth process than yours, but it's something to be really proud of. And, um, and I did, like I said, I had a handful of people who were very encouraging and those people, I really clung to what they said because I did start to get in my head when people would be like, oh my gosh, I couldn't do that. Or no, oh, it's too painful. You're, you're going to change your mind. You know, when people would say things like that, I started to think maybe they're right. Maybe, you know, I've never done this. They know, maybe they know better than I do. And that's when, um, I, I told you about that ice experiment I did and that's where, when I did that, it really helped. So I'm going to, I'm going to share that because I think for moms who are pregnant, this might be something that would be very helpful for them, especially, I mean, it would be helpful even if you plan on doing an epidural. I mean, it's helpful in general, but definitely if you plan to do an unmedicated birth, what I did was, um, there's a birth course called the mighty mama movement birth course. She also has like a Facebook page and everything. But I saw on Facebook a little teaser that she had offered, and it was like a free course, like an hour-long free course. And so I signed up for it. Didn't really know what it was, but I just thought, well, you know, I'll take all the education I can get. That's free. And, oh, because it's expensive, all the education is. So I decided, well, I'll do this. And it was was great information. So I encourage you, if you are um, thinking about doing a natural birth, find the Mighty Mama Movement and uh, do her free course at least. I had great information on even things like epidurals and um, inductions, like statistics and correlations that really help solidify, like this is why I'm doing an unmedicated birth, like help me with that part. And then she did this, what I call the ice experiment, which was good with the mindset side. So what we did was we had to have ice handy. And I want to preface this with the fact that I hate being cold. Like I hate ice. I hate touching it. Like I hate being cold. So we're going into this ice experiment. And I was like, I'm going to hate this. Like, (laughs) I'm not going to enjoy this. Like, I'm not going to learn anything from this. But what she had us do was we did three rounds. And the first round, she had us put ice in our hand. And then we were just listening to her. So you have ice in your hand and she's talking about how cold the ice is, how it almost feels so cold that it's causing pain to radiate up your arm. So basically, in the first round, we were focusing on the ice itself and the pain it was causing through being cold. And I actually could not keep my hand closed around the ice, like the whole time. I opened my hand multiple times during it and tried to, like, relieve some of the cold. And so that was the first round. And at the end of it, she was like, "Okay, that was I think it was like 30 seconds that we had held it. And I was like, oh, my goodness, I couldn't even hold it 30 seconds. Like, I couldn't hold this ice 30 seconds. (laughs) <laughs> and then she was like, okay, now we're going to do round two. And I, and she said, you know, pick up the ice in the other hand. So you put it in your hand that's not been cold so that it's fresh again. And she said, this time what we're going to do is we're going to try to take our mind off the ice. And in my head, I'm thinking, there is no way that me not thinking about the ice is going to happen. Like I'm holding it. It's going to, it's going to be the same as last round, you know, is what I'm thinking. And so This time she had us pick it up and she starts talking about um, our favorite place, you know, so she was talking about the beach or you could visualize your own favorite place. So I just went along with what she was talking about and pictured the beach and listened to the waves and I felt the sand, you know, she was just going through the surroundings and how you feel at the beach. And at the end, I think whenever she told us, okay, you're done. First of all, I had held the ice the whole time. And so... Yeah. And but then she actually told us and I could be wrong on these times because it's been, you know, like a year or whatever. But I think it was like a minute that we had held it. 
And I was like, oh my goodness, that was a minute. And I held it. And while it was cold, like I wasn't as focused on it. So I was able to do it the whole time. So that for me was really, really encouraging. Like, okay, like I can, I'm starting to gather where this is about mindset. And then we did a third round. And this time, so you switched hands again. And we had a break long enough that, you know, your hand was not freezing cold anymore. And you switch back to the other hand. And this time she did the same thing where she talked about the beach, but this time she also used relaxation techniques. So like within talking about the beach, she would talk about, you know, the sound of the water and the feel, but then she would say, you know, release the tension in your shoulders. And then she'd talk more about the beach. And then she'd say, you know, relax the tension that's in your neck. And she would just go through almost like a, a relaxation component to it. And at the end of that one, again, I held it the whole time. And I think it was like a minute and a half. So all this to say, like the first round when I was focused on what I didn't like and on the pain, I couldn't even keep my hand closed for 30 seconds. And by the end, I did it in a minute and a half and I could have went longer because I, you know, when she was done, I was like, oh, okay. You know, so that was huge for me, that experiment, because it helped me realize the power of the mind. And then she went on to correlate that with birth. You know, the more you focus on the contraction and the pain of it, the more it's going to hurt when you're thinking about the pain. So instead, you know, relaxing, relaxing like the tension in your body as much as possible, which is very hard to do when you're contracting. But I did try to, you know, keeping your jaw loose. That was one thing, you know, that was in multiple of the of the birth courses I did, you know, try to keep your jaw loose because when your jaw is tight, you tighten your body. So keep your jaw loose, like open and close it, do different things to keep it relaxed. Between that and then what I would do is I would picture when I was in labor, I pictured my favorite place. So for me, that was our farm in Newton, our family farm. And I would picture um, riding on the side by side with my husband and then our baby. Oh. And that's what I would picture. So I started doing that before birth. I would just sit and I would think and kind of meditate on that vision and that picture and try to relax my body. That way it came a little more natural when I did it during birth. So, yeah, that that was huge. So if you're struggling with the idea of like mindset and pain, I would encourage you to look up the Mighty Mama movement. I'm not like a rep for them or anything. I just found a lot of use in it. And that little simple experiment showed me how much my mind controls, you know, how much I feel something intensely. Yeah. Um, I'll share that group on our Facebook page that the, the what is it? Mighty Mama? Mighty Mama Movement. Yeah. Mighty Mama Movement. I'll share that on the Facebook group with this podcast so you guys can see that. Um, but when you're talking about your mindset, um, first, I want to ask you or tell you that thinking about it, your favorite place before labor, that's genius. Did she say that too? Or is that just something you took on? So I think, so I used a couple different things. I used the Mama Natural course as well. She has a week by week guide. That's like, it's kind of like the what to expect when you're expecting, but it's a more natural focus. So I did the Mama Natural one, the book and the course, and then I did the Mighty Mama Movement. And between one of them, um, yeah, they talked about, you know, like focusing your mind on something positive or relaxing. And, you know, a lot of them talk about reading affirmations. I did that as well. Like I, I quoted a lot of affirmations to myself. But while, you know, in between doing that, I would I would just picture in my mind driving through the field. So that that was really, yeah, that was helpful to do it beforehand because I am not somebody who does a lot of like meditation. I would like to be one of those people. So I had to practice it beforehand to be able to do it then, because if you don't practice it beforehand, it's really easy to just be distracted by the pain and the the stress of like, oh, what's happening? And, you know, the, you know, time goes by, I don't know if everybody would feel this way, but my birth was very long, my, my actual birth process. And it went by really fast. Like I couldn't believe it was more than a day that I was in the hospital. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I would agree. Like as much as it seems like forever, it's like, it's longer than what you, you've been there longer than you think. And it's yeah. weird to think that because you're in, you're in so much pain. But I would say definitely if you're meditating, that helps the time go by way more fast. Yes. Because I, I I meditated through each contraction too. And I took that from Kayla James when she did. Yes. She was the only one I took. I did a class with. I so wish I would have did more, but it's fine. Yeah, you live and you learn. But yeah. she'll be on here to talk about some things as well later in December. Right. 
but um I was like I had to meditate as well through every contraction and it did the time did like I looked up at the clock and last time I looked it was 11 a.m and then all of a sudden it's it's 8 p.m and they want me to push I'm not saying I wasn't in pain the entire time I'm just saying it you're when you're meditating you have no sense of time Yeah. I think it's like, you know, they talk about with babies, like the days feel long, but the years go by so fast. I think it's kind of that. I think the minutes feel long. Like when you're in a contraction, those minutes feel long, but yet the course of the whole thing, like seems fast. I don't know. It's, it's hard to imagine it seeming fast because in the moment, I don't think it feels that way. But afterwards it's like, wait, how long was I here? (laughs) What I was doing that the whole time. Yeah. Right. I mean, Timmy told me that I didn't talk to him for six hours. <laughs> wow. I didn't say a word to him for six hours. I was meditating. Wow. My husband probably wishes I would not have talked to him for six hours. <laughs> I talked the whole time, I think, to him. Oh, funny how different. Oh, my gosh. And you know what? I don't like you like to talk through things. And that's how you get through things, I feel like. Like you're a talker. Yeah, and that's true. That's just how I'm I, really not shocked that you talked the whole time because that probably was what helped you. Yeah. Well, and I had my mom and Rob. Um, I was so I had Cole in January. So it was like on at the tail end of like a lot of the COVID restrictions. Like there was still a lot, like the mask and all that. But um, I was able to have a second person. So my mom was able to come. And they had just updated that not too long before I think I had Cole. And so um, I had them both applying like counter pressure and which, again, super helpful. The birth courses talk about those that I mentioned. And um, so I think most of my talking was like, oh, I have another contraction coming. Like, get over here. Like they could not take a break. They got a workout because like that's one of the things that really helped me be comfortable was them applying counter pressure. Yeah. And you're communicating. That's important. You need to communicate what you need. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so counter pressure. Is that when they're pushing on your back? Yes. Yeah, so I had, I'm trying to remember, I had, they were pushing in two different places. And honestly, I, I don't really remember. I think one was like maybe in the back, like lower back. And the other one was like on my hip or my leg. Uh, that was really helpful for me too. Okay. Yeah, I can't honestly, I don't there's there's a lot of different positions that you can do with counter pressure. But I if someone, again, is is looking to have a natural birth, I feel like it helped relieve a lot of pain. Was just I having absolutely pain. agree. My the nurse, um, the delivery nurse was doing the counter pressure on my back and then they were at seven o'clock, which was like my peak of my labor pains. <laughs> They switch because it's a 12-hour shift. They were switching. And she was like, the new nurse was like, hi, my name is, I don't even remember, Heather, and I'll be your nurse. And I'm like, great, just do what she's doing. Yeah. (laughs) Like, totally brushed her off. I was like, I don't care what your name is. I need you to do what she was doing. Like that same experience where you know I was just like you need you need to apply pressure and then she didn't apply as hard as the other one did so I was like you need to push harder (laughs) and then like after my birth experience like after I had Cole and I saw her again then I was like I'm so sorry I don't even think I know your name like I feel like you know I feel like I totally disregarded you and was just like in the zone and so then I met her and she was like oh it's okay I'm used to that with moms you know when they're in the midst of labor it's hard to like have that time to get to know each other. So it was nice that I got to talk to her at the end and say, I'm sorry, I feel like I brushed you off. <laughs> I said the same thing to my nurse. I apologize. And she's like, can you, you do not need to say you're sorry right now. You just had a baby. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I think it's, I apologize because after Ellie came out, she was like, I had a lot of extra bleeding and all that jazz. So after all mm-hmm. that died down, the nurse was like, can I get used? Do you want some ibuprofen? Like, I can have ibuprofen. I don't know why I asked. I can. I mean, obviously I can. I don't know why I asked her. Is that fine? But she's like, yeah, I'll get you some ibuprofen. And do you want something crackers? You haven't ate since, like, you haven't ate in, like, 12 hours. I'm like, oh, you're right. I haven't ate in 12 hours. So then she was being so nice to me. And I was like, wow, I really just was a jerk to you earlier. So I'm sorry for that. Thank you for still being nice to me. 
<laughs> but like you said, they're used to that. That's yeah. they probably hear a lot worse than what we said to them. I'm sure they get screamed at and who knows, you know, women are not always themselves. I, I remember my midwife telling me, you know, at, as you get closer to, you know, being fully dilated, she said, you're going to go through a point where you're not going to be sure you can do this anymore. You're probably going to feel a little, I think she would use the word like insane, like you're, you're going to feel like you're losing it. Um, and she said, that's oftentimes when women are now insistent that they need an epidural or that they need something for pain and that they can't do it. Like that's the point when when it gets really hard. And I actually never hit a point to where I felt like I couldn't do it anymore. I'm sure in the like in the midst of the contraction, like I was like, oh my gosh, are we almost done? <laughs> but yeah. I never hit that point. But I, I had read lots of stories where women do hit that point. But it's encouraging to know when you hit it, you're almost there. Like, yeah. you know, you're almost there. But I feel like in that time, the nurses probably see a side of most women that they, you know, they know it's, it's almost done too, but it's probably scary at times, like how, how women respond to that, like, peak of pain, I would say. Yeah. Um, I was going to say something about, oh, the pain. So I was, I thought, I told them when I walked in, I wanted an unmedicated birth. Now, I did do the Pitocin, um, but I didn't do the epidural, and I don't recommend that for anybody. I think that was terrible. I don't know who let me do that. Um, <laughs> the Pitocin, yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, so, like, I remember, like, they never brought up, do you want an epidural now? Like, they never brought up pain medicine at all. Nothing. Yeah. Not until after Ellie was here. That was the first time I heard ibuprofen. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. It wasn't. And so, like, I really appreciated that from them because yeah. if they would have asked me, I probably would have said yes, you know? Yes. I and I would, yeah, I had the same experience. And I think if it's and I didn't want it offered because then I'd be, you know, I don't I might have been tempted to use it. I right. ended up um, I know we're not quite to my birth story yet, but I ended up with an epidural because of not because of pain, but because I needed some time and, um, relax until yeah. then that was given as an option. But until then it was never mentioned as far as pain. They gave me other strategies like, um, you know, body placements and different things I could try. And, you know, I had, so I know you did, you had your birth at a birth center. I had mine at a hospital, but it was, um, with, with the midwife unit at Carl. And I felt like, you know, I hear stories about how the OB, you know, pops in when it's time to deliver. Other than that, the nurses do everything. Like, I always hear those stories. And that's not what happened for me. Like, I felt like my midwife was in there all the time. And I was also there through a shift change. So, you know, I lost one midwife, another one came in. But they were in there a lot. And they would just sit with me and they would help with positioning and reminding me to keep my jaw loose and to relax my body. And that was really, really helpful. And again, you know, they encourage natural ways to help me reduce the pain instead of offering. And and like you said, I think that helps with the mindset part. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I had Ellie at Carl Hospital. I thought you were at a birth center. I wanted to. I did. Ah. But there isn't one. I think the closest one was like Bloomington. Bloomington. It is. I think I thought you went to Bloomington because I looked at oh. it too, but it's Bloomington. Yeah. I mean, honestly... I went, I, at the end of the day, it would have been just an extra 30-ish minutes, 20 yeah. minutes, because I'm an hour from, an hour and 12 minutes from the hospital of Champaign. So honestly, like, I could have just did it, but I was, it was too far, and Bloomington was too far, and um, anyway, but you know, I had it there, and I do agree with you. What'd you say? I said, and you just don't know how quickly you're going to have to get there. Like, looking back, would you have had the extra time? Probably, you know, yeah, but. There are circumstances where women are about to have babies in their car. So you just never know. <laughs> you don't know how you are with your first. Yeah. And, well, I remember the same thing. The midwife was very um, present in my labor, like giving me all the tools. Like, I mean, I had the same exact experience, like even with the shift change, like it was great. Yeah. They, they did a really good job of being present in my opinion. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's just dive into your birth story now. Um, yeah. Yeah, real quick, I want to share one other thing that helped with mindset. 
okay. because it, it directly related to to my ability to I think go into birth more confidently and that was there's a book called Ida May's Guide to Childbirth and it's about um it's about a midwife it's actually like a I don't know if they call it the farm. They called it something. But um, the book is like half information and half stories. And it talks a lot about mindset. Like it actually is where I, I learned that you can actually reverse. Like you can be dilating and then reverse. And different things can cause that like stress or being uncomfortable, things like that. So um, that book was helpful because it helped me realize the importance of relaxing, also the importance to feel comfortable. So if you are pregnant and you are not feeling comfortable with like the doctor staff you are working with, I would encourage you to find another option. Like you need to be comfortable because that's going to help your birth process go smoother. But also the book had uh, stories. So like one half of the book is just story after story of these births. They're they're technically home births, they're at this farm, but they're like home births and all kinds of different scenarios. And what I loved about it is regardless of how it ended up, they always had like a positive spin on them, like the way the women were telling their story. And I think that is what really helped me with, you know, I'm getting ready to tell my story. And some people in my situation would walk away feeling like they failed. And I don't feel like that. And I think that's because of that book and reading all these stories and even women who had difficult circumstances where it didn't go as they wanted it to still had a positive birth story. And that helped me to reframe my mind to a positive birth story. So I did want to mention that book, Ida May's Guide to Childbirth. Okay. Will you send me that so I can also share that on the Facebook group? Yeah. 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 I I'll, I'll send you for all the things I've talked about. I like to share resources because these were all shared with me and I found them so helpful. That's what this, that's, that's the whole point of my podcast is I want to get stories out resources out you know that i love yeah mm -hmm. absolutely no please give us all the resources um yeah no i think that that's that's the last thing you should ever feel is like you failed especially like when in when it comes to birthing a child and your first child and you have you don't know you've never done this before you can't how do you fail at something yeah. you've never done before you know what i mean like you just yeah. learn and you succeeded because cole's here cole's healthy yeah Cole is yeah. here, Cole is healthy, and I am healthy. And that's um, that's what I tell myself. And there are there are circumstances in my story that help me feel positive about it. I think if some things could have went differently, I might not feel quite as confident in, you know, having a successful birth. But um, because of how it went, and so maybe I should just share it. And then, yeah. <laughs> and then you understand. Yes, yes, so, share it. So I wanted to have, like I said, natural unmedicated birth. I made my birth plan. I had reviewed it with um, with multiple midwives because I saw a rotation. So I reviewed it with everybody I saw from the point that I created it. That way I got as many perspectives as possible. I did not want a super detailed birth plan that was complicated. Mine was very simple. It came from, I think, the Mighty Mama or no, I think it came from Mama Natural. Anyways, I can also like there's a template for it and it's like pictures. So it's so nice. I think I can send you that as well. So um, it was it was simple, but there were some things I really wanted. I, I mentioned that um, anything medical gives me anxiety. So one of the things is I did not want an IV, like no IV. And when I would tell people that they're like, oh, you have to get an IV. It's it's like standard procedure. And I was like, nope, I think I can tell them no. <laughs> And I did. Yeah. And it they they respected it. The midwives had approved it when they saw my birth plan. And so when I showed up at the hospital, you know, that was something they questioned. But ultimately, they went and asked the midwife and the midwife said, like, nope, she's fine. We'll just, you know, monitor to see if she needs it. Uh, I didn't even let them start the pick. You know, usually they'll say, well, we won't hook you up, but we have to have it started. And I was like, to me, that's the concept of a needle in my arm and I don't want it. So right. like they they did nothing. But I was, so Cole was late, which is typical with first time pregnancies. And um, we, we, I think I was at 41 weeks and I was in between 41 and 42 weeks. And there was a part of me that wanted to just wait and let him come as he came. And then there was another part that also researched and felt like, well, maybe I need to go ahead. And, you know, they had encouraged an induction. Even the midwives had encouraged an induction at this point. And so we decided to do an induction. But I know way too many people who did not have a good experience on Pitocin. So I was 
terrified of Pitocin. And that was giving me a lot of anxiety about giving birth. So I finally decided just to have a conversation with my midwife and say, like, I'm really uncomfortable with this because um, I felt like just holding it in and just accepting that that's what I was going to do was not helpful for me. So I just told my last appointment, I told the midwife I was seeing, I said, I'm really uncomfortable with with the induction and the Pitocin. So what she did was she gave me an alternative route for an induction. And I wish I could remember what it was. Um, some people listening to this might know it was another form of an induction, but it wasn't Pitocin. I think it's a little more, um, it's a little easier on you. And especially cause I was already starting to dilate. So anyways, I was still really nervous though about this, about this, um, induction. And my instructions were to call the hospital at 5 PM on I can't remember which day, but whatever particular day, the 7th, I think, January 7th. And so I called the hospital and they were full. They said, we are really busy right now, so we're just going to hold off. Call us at 5 a.m. and check in again. So got up at 5 a.m. the next morning, called and check in. They said, we are still really full. Just keep holding off. Called again at 5 p.m. They said, we are full, you know, keep holding off. So and I might be wrong on my dates because at that point it would be too close to when he actually was born but it was I called three times and they were full and so at the time it was like frustrating because it just kept my anxiety going of like oh my goodness this is getting ready to happen but nothing was happening however in the end it ended up being this like big god blessing because at midnight that night so I called at five they said they were full at midnight, I was up with contractions and I was like, okay, so we're going to go on our own. So like when I look back, I feel like that was just God's hand in it, like allowing me to go natural because I think he knew that the induction was going to impact my birth. Like I, yeah. the anxiety was going to impact my birth. So I started contractions at midnight and this is like the craziest thing. So I had contractions. Uh, they got to where, you know, I've been timing them and I needed to call the hospital. I felt like, okay, I think we need to head in. So I had my husband's phone in one hand and my phone in the other, because mine is where I was tracking the contractions and I was going to tell them, you know, what they were looking like. So I'm holding my husband's phone, calling Sarah or calling Carl. And as I'm calling, my phone starts ringing and it's Carl and they're calling to tell me they have space for me now. So it was like the craziest timing where I'm literally calling them when they're calling me because they have space, but I no longer need an induction. It was so beautiful. So we headed to the hospital and um, and then I just labored for a long time. And I did a lot of the things I already told you about with as far as like mindset, meditation, different positions. Um, they did let me sit in the bathtub for a little bit. You can't like have a water birth, but you can as long as you haven't like your water hasn't broke. You can sit in the bathtub. So I did yeah. that. I did all kinds of stuff just to try to get comfortable. So whenever you have birth, like the big thing I read and focused on was like, do what makes you comfortable. You do not have to lay in a bed. So I did all kinds of things. And then, um, it got to the point where I was finally dilated all the way. And like I said, I never actually hit that moment of like feeling like I needed an epidural or feeling like I was in crazy pain. Like I just breathed and focused through each contraction and I did fine. Well, I got to the point where it was time to push and you will know when it's time to push your body will start pushing actually like you can't even stop it is that was my experience. So then we started pushing and I pushed for um, multiple hours. I think it was two or three hours I pushed and was making no progress and I was pushing as hard as I could. So I was getting exhausted. And then on top of that, I had been in labor. I don't know how long at this point, but I had not been on an IV. And I was drinking water and I was actually drinking coconut water for the electrolytes. But um, basically my contractions at that point wouldn't stop. Like I couldn't stop pushing. I kept telling her like, I, I can't stop pushing. Yeah. And so she said it was um, a lot of it was dehydration because I, even though I was drinking a lot, it was just flushing through me. So I, yeah. at that point had to get an IV. And so that was like the first thing that I got that I had feared, but in the moment it didn't seem as scary. So I had to get that IV and that helped a little bit, but I still like, I could not stop the contractions and I was exhausted. And so that's when, um, he, he was not dropping. He, he was, you know, I was thinking like, I was like, Oh, can you see his head? Like, you know, I think I'm there. <laughs> and they're like, no, like, 
it was it was so defeating to push that long and it's yeah. like zero movement zero movement zero movement and it had been two or three hours i don't remember exactly how long that i had pushed but it was two or three hours and so that's when the midwife came in and she said okay let's talk about options because you are getting worn out and you keep telling me that so we need to talk about some options so she gave me a few options the first was i can just keep pushing she said, I don't know how long you're going to push. I don't know if he's going to move. Um, at this point, you're not making progress. So she said, you can keep going. I support that. You are in good shape. He's in good shape. Everybody's healthy. She said, number two, because you're exhausted, I'm not sure you know, how much longer you're going to be able to feel like you can continue this. She said, so option two would be an epidural if you still want to have a vaginal birth. She said epidural. She said, what we would do is, is we would give you the epidural and that would allow you to rest for a little bit and then we can try pushing again. And then option three was, you know, I'm exhausted. He's, he's not moving. We can go and do a C-section. Well, I really at that point still wanted to do a vaginal birth, but I could not keep pushing. Like everything in me was so tired, like physically. Yeah and emotionally that like I needed to rest. And even though I'm terrified of needles, I'm terrified of the idea of an epidural. Like I, I know what it is and I did not want it not only to be natural, but because of what it was and how it worked and how big the needle was. So, um, but I really wanted to have a vaginal birth. So, you know, I already got the IV. So that was strike one. Now strike two is okay, I'm going to do the epidural, which made my mom really nervous as well, because epidurals scare her because she just knows too many people with injuries from them. She said, yeah. So, so I decided to do an epidural and, um, the, oh, it was terrible. Not the pain of getting the epidural. It was that you have to sit so still and my contractions would not stop because I was so dehydrated that, um, like they couldn't, they weren't doing the epidural between contractions. Like I was contracting during it, but I had to stay relaxed and not push when my body is pushing itself. So that was really hard. And it took them three times to get my epidural. So they, they stuck me or whatever they did three times. Um, so it took a long time. I was contracting the whole time. But once that kicked in, I was able to rest. I actually got to sleep some. I had been, I don't know, in labor for a long time. So my whole thing was 29 hours. So it's, I was in the upper end of that at this point. Gosh. And um, so I just, oh, I slept gosh. a little bit and I got to relax and they kept putting me in different positions and trying to get him to shift. So. Um, I'm sorry, this is long. Is there anything you want me to keep going? <laughs> yeah, keep going. I'm... Okay, we're almost done. You're doing great. <laughs> I just realized I've been talking for a long time about it. So yeah, so they tried to get me in different positions. So this was my effort to still have a vaginal birth was, you know, I'm going to compromise, get the, get the epidural and try to have a natural birth at this point. Because I know the importance of birthing through the birth canal and all the goodness that your baby gets on the way out. And I- yeah wanted that for him, even if that meant me getting an epidural. Yeah. And so I rested and then I, they slow, they backed it back off so I could push again. And I will say for those that, um, that are questioning epidural or not once, since I had labored so long natural, I hated the epidural, hated it. I hated how it felt. I hated not being able to feel I think if you don't know any different, it would be fine. But like, I didn't even know if I was pushing right. Like, I just remember asking them, like, am I pushing? Like, 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 am I doing this right? Because I couldn't feel and before I could feel everything. So there, I know it's painful, but there was something about being able to feel it. Whereas I, I would choose not to do the epidural all over again, because I could not feel and I couldn't feel like I could control my body well. So I remember, I remember Hannah, Robinson, Hannah Robinson had said that. I don't know if she had gotten the epidural of Brady or not, but she, I remember her saying like, I wanted my body to be able to feel because she, maybe she did. I'll have to ask. Her, I don't but. think she had an epidural either time. Okay. I think because I think she wanted her body to, she wanted to be able to feel her body and to know what was happening. Yes. I remember she had said that. And that really stuck with me on yes. my decision of, epidural not epidural was the way she said that was I wanted my body to feel how to do it because I didn't want to be numb and I was yeah. like wow that's a great point anyway continue. yeah so from someone who pushed without and with like I did not like pushing with it it was it was difficult I thought it was really hard 
Um, so I pushed for about another hour at this point and he was still not moving. And at that point she came back to me and said, like, I know, like, you know, you have two choices. We can continue, which again, I'm not sure I'm not, he's not moving. He hasn't moved at all since you started pushing again. Uh, so she said the next thing. And at this point, what I would recommend, and I knew from her, you know, knowing my plan and, and just knowing how supportive she had been the whole time for her to say, like, I do think it's time to consider a C-section was like, okay, like I do need to think about this and probably do it. And that's in, that ends up what I did. So going from like, I'm going to have this baby naturally, no pain medicine to the IV, the epidural, and then I'm headed back to a C-section. And uh, I, I hated the C-section. <laughs> I think that's why I'm nervous about getting pregnant again is I do not, I would try to do a VBAC, but yeah. I'm, I would be terrified of doing a C-section again. I don't know if I wasn't numbed well or what, but I, I feel like I felt a lot. And um, I know I was numbed because I, I know it would be much more excruciating, but like I, it was so uncomfortable and painful that they kept trying to, they were telling me to like calm down. Um, they were going to give me medication for anxiety because my heart rate was so high. And I think it was just between knowing I was being cut open to like feeling the pain, like it, yeah. it was really hard for me, but, um, Cole was born and I did ask, like I had asked them to do a vaginal swab so they could, you know, still, he would still get those benefits. I don't know if they did any of that. Oh. Unfortunately. Yeah. Unfortunately I spiked a fever at some point in there, I think it was from the dehydration and tiredness, uh, but, but this was, you know, during COVID time. So people panic. And, um, like I also had wanted my placenta back and they took it off for testing. I think it was all associated with my fever. Like that, that became a big deal. And, um, so anyways, I really don't know. I don't know if he got the swab or anything like that, but, um, he's here and he's healthy. And so at the end, at the end of 29 hours is when he was born. And mm. from that experience, I, other than being induced, I ended up experiencing all the things I didn't want to. And that's where I said, you know, some people would probably look at that and say, like, you know, I failed. I wasn't, not that people would say that about me, but people would say that about themselves. Like right. I failed and, you know, my goal was to have him naturally. But I think because of the process, because my midwife gave me choices, because she let me lead, she let me try things. Um, I felt like once I got to the point of having that epidural, I felt like that was the right choice. Once I got to the point of having a C-section, I felt like that was the right choice. And um, so I can feel confident that I gave it my best. I honestly feel I gave it my best. And I feel like at the end of the day, we're all healthy. He's here. Would I want to go through it that way again? Nope. I'd want to have a natural birth unmedicated like I originally planned. And if I right. get pregnant again, that's going to be my focus again is preparing my mind and body for that. However, like it, it ended up how it ended up and I'm confident. The only thing I, the only thing I hate was I, I was very frustrated at the OB who came in and um, when she walked in to go over everything for my C-section, her first comment was, if you were my patient, we would have done this hours ago. And that just stuck with me because it was so disheartening because I felt bad for my midwife because I felt like it was a cut at her, but if I was, if I was more with it, you know, I was tired at that point. If I was more with it, I really would have told her probably like, that's why I wasn't your patient was, yeah. you know, my wife did what I wanted and I wouldn't right. have wanted to be forced into a C-section hours ago. I would, I would have a different perspective of my birth had I been forced to have a C-section hours before that. So, you right. know, I was glad that because we were both safe, I was good. Cole was good. She let me work through the process and that made me feel really good about it. And I implemented all the techniques I learned and I feel like I did those well. And I don't, I think I would prepare a little more before the next time with the meditation and everything. I think I prepare more with my body, like doing more like yoga and stuff like that to get positioning. Yeah. But other than that, like, I feel like it was, it was perfect, perfectly imperfect birth. Yeah. <laughs> right. So back to your midwife and like you said such good things like how you it's because like you had that trust with her so you yeah. trusted it you trusted her to say these things because you knew that you established this plan and this is what you wanted and you knew that she was going to do everything in her power to protect that and you had that trust and so when she brought up things like the epidural iv c-section you knew that she was looking out for your best interest 
Yes. And that is so important. So when you said like, if you don't feel comfortable with your doctor at, the, at your with or your, um, yeah, your OBGYN or your midwife, then you need to switch offices ASAP because it's important to feel that comfort. Because yes. if you weren't comfortable or you ended up with the OB that walked in that said that to you, you know, then you would have had a, like you said, a really like unfulfilling, really like trauma birth if you would have been yeah. with that woman. Yeah. And from what I had read in the Ida May book, like sometimes it's the presence of an OB or a doctor that is, that makes you uncomfortable. Like that causes your birth to re regress. Like it goes backwards. You know, you start, your dilation stops going and, <laughs> you know, now you're going from an eight to a se seven, you know, you're going backwards. And so, um, and that's what they had found was sometimes the presence of somebody uncomfortable or even uncomfortable thoughts and fears can cause that. And so I really wanted to make sure I was comfortable. And the crazy thing is, is there's a rotation of midwives. And so yeah. I saw, I saw, mo I think I saw most of them. There was a handful that I didn't see. There was one that I absolutely did not want to give birth with. Like just some experiences I had had with her were not positive. Um, but I had trusted that, you know, I just prayed and said, God, if she's the one when I show up, then I'm going to trust that she's who I need and that I'm going to put those differences aside and I'm going to trust that you have her there for a reason. And what was nice is I actually had um, there was three that I was most comfortable with and I had two of them. So I started with one and I ended with the other. And they were the two that I had had my most recent conversations with were very supportive of me. Like I I just. It was all perfect, all perfect. That's awesome. I love that for you. I I had Ellen, um, the yeah. new wife, Ellen. She's she was great. I didn't meet her before that day. <laughs> yeah, she's one I never had for my appointments, actually. Hey, but I've heard I a lot about her. But she was wonderful. I mean, like, I mean, we had very similar stories, and you knew your midwife, and I didn't, but it doesn't mean I didn't trust her any um yeah. less. Yeah, you and, just have to feel comfortable, whether you know them or not, like feel comfortable. But if you don't feel comfortable with yours, then you need to change. Or if they're not allowing you to advocate for yourself, like I always encourage women, like yeah. ask questions. I remember I went to one appointment and I had a notebook full of questions. And in fact, I was I was asking them and I said, do you need to go? Like, do I need to save some of these for next time? <laughs> and she was like, no, keep going. And we went through all of my questions. Like I was trying to make some decisions about how I wanted birth to be. And like, you know, you should be able to ask those questions and you should be able to ask for alternatives and different options. And hopefully whoever you're seeing will respect that. And if they don't, I do encourage you find somebody who will, because again, that all builds on the trust. I trusted them because I'd had so many conversations. They'd answered my questions. They had, um, you know, respected my decisions, even the, even the little things, like I don't want an IV that was respected. And that made me feel so much more comfortable. Yeah. I really wish I would have, like, I just wish I would have got to be in, I guess I had a really uneventful pregnancy. So I was not in the doctor's office very often, even towards the end. Like, you know, they, some people go like three times or twice a week. I still only yeah. went once a week. That's how mine was. <laughs> very thankful for that. But it's kind of like, I really wish I would have had the time to, oh gosh, Ellie's, Ellie was trying to climb out of her crib. Oh. <laughs> no, no, she can't be doing that. Not ready for that. Um, anyway, <laughs> anyway, um, I don't even know what I was talking about. Oh, I wish I would have been able to have just a few more conversations, ask a few more questions because I was more like scared to ask questions. And I also didn't know what questions to really ask. Yeah. Like, so I, I was... Googled it. I Googled it. And um, I think the Mighty, or not Mighty Mama, the Nat Mama Natural Week by Week Guide, it walks through a lot of the options that you have. So I pulled questions from there. Like it would say, you know, like when it comes to this, here's your options. And it would even talk about things that you should decide at different appointments or consider. And what I like about that book, and I'll I'll send you all these, but the Mama Natural Week by Week Guide, I like that it didn't tell you what you should do. So it would say like, here's why you should consider it. Here's why you might not need to consider it. So it gave both sides, which I felt like was helpful. It definitely leans like the whole book in general leans towards being natural, but it doesn't make you feel like 
you know, you are terrible if you choose those things. Like it gives you facts and says, you make the decision. Here's the information. And I that's where that. I got a lot of my questions. Okay. I love that. I feel like I rely, I relied on my mom a lot, like, <laughs> and she couldn't go with me because I was in the thick of COVID. So it was just me and the, Timmy couldn't even go in. Um, it was just me. Um, and so I felt very lonely yeah. and not sure what to ask, what question was stupid and there's no stupid questions, but I felt, no, yeah, it was really hard for me. And I remember like writing down on a piece of paper, all the questions that my mom would talk, we would talk about the questions before I'd go in. And I did that a few times towards like the middle slash end of my pregnancy. I started like, mom, I got to get more information from these people. I want them to know how I want, I need, you know, so we sat down together and we wrote out a list of questions and I took the list in. And I think that's like the biggest thing that you need to think of. Cause once you get in there, if you you're going to forget all the questions you want to ask until you leave. And yeah. so writing it down is so important. So I'm, I'm really interested for you to send me that book. Um, cause I really think that'd be a great resource to share with everybody for that yeah. many reasons, but one of the reasons being that. Yes, absolutely. Wow. Well, great. Thank you for sharing your story and I don't want to keep you too, too long, but thank you for sharing your story and sharing all these resources. I really appreciate you coming and taking your time out of your day I know you're busy um to, to share because you have so much good you have so you have such a good way of saying things and I feel like you retain a lot of great information and you always have the resources and so I knew that you were going to be a really good person to have on and I'm probably going to ask you to come on again at some point to talk about something else um but yeah just thank you for coming on yeah thanks for the opportunity I know I'm a new mom I mean my child's not even one yet he'll be one uh in a month, about a month, but um, I don't know. I just, I, I feel like I was so grateful to hear these types of things from other moms, whether they were first time moms or had three children. And so I want to share with other people what I learned in the process or what helped me because, you know, I know what it's like to be terrified and to be unsure and to, you know, feel uncomfortable. So I definitely am available if any moms want to, or, you know, especially first time moms want to pick my brain about my experience or some of my resources, I am happy to help or answer questions that, you know, help me. Great. I'll, maybe when I share all your resources, I'll put on there, like in this post, comment your questions for Kayla, or if you need something more private, you guys can message me or even Kayla, you know, I could do something like that. My email or something too. Perfect. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Caddy. I enjoyed this discussion with you and sharing my story and hearing a little bit about yours in there too. Yeah, well, I'm so happy. Um, okay, guys, thank you for joining for uh, us for episode seven and we will see you guys next week. Thanks. Bye.